right, we are about to embark in 21 days of prayer and fasting. So today we want to kick it off with this series on why we should fast. Let's talk about it today. The following program is brought to you by friends and partners of End Time Headlines. All right, guys, I want to welcome everybody to the program. It is Thursday, December the 28th. I am your host, Ricky Scaparo, the founder and the voice of End Time Headlines. We want to welcome you to today's podcast. Listen, if you're new to the broadcast, first time joining us, let us know in the comment section below that you are new and where you guys are joining us from. And listen, if you're new, perhaps you're a regular viewer and you've not downloaded our free app, we want to encourage you to do that today. This is how you're going to keep up with our ministry. Again, it's available on Apple and Android devices. Download it today. Hit yes to push notifications and you're going to be good to go. Listen, today, before we get started, I need you to hit that like button, hit that bell notification and share this broadcast. This is going to push our material out on these platforms. I would appreciate that greatly. Um, we got a great one lined up for you again, as we talked about at the beginning of this program, and we've talked about this for a couple weeks now. Uh, Monday, January 1st, next week, we're going to be kicking off 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, our ministry is going to be spearheading this. Many individuals around the nation will be fasting in the month of January corporately. Um, so many of you guys have shown interest that you want to join us and be a part of this. So we're going to we're going to kick off a series on prayer and fasting. So today uh, I want to talk about 11 reasons why, as a believer, we should be fasting. So let's let's talk about this. Let's kick it off. Uh, now, before we before I get to number one, I do want to I want to say something here. And that is, did you know that there are the three strongest impulses of the flesh, the three strongest impulses of the flesh and these become strongholds in many individuals' lives, and even Christians. Uh, it becomes it sets up as a stronghold. It can become a stumbling block. And these three impulses are sex, food, and money. Let me say that again. Again, three of the strongest impulses of the flesh that cause a lot of problems, not only in the world but even in the body of Christ, is. The, this this uh, over desire of sex, food, and money. I, look, we could I could preach a whole sermon for forty minutes based on these three categories, but that's not what we're going to talk about today. But I can t- I'm going to show you that the prayer, the power of fasting, come on, can break every stronghold, including these three major impulses. All right, so if you're taking notes, we're going to kick this thing off and we're going to do it right. Number one. Again, what are we talking about? 11 reasons why every believer should fast. Number one is the Bible makes it clear that we are commanded to fast and that fasting is a core foundational teaching of the New Testament believer. Let me say that again. We are commanded to fast and it's a foundation of the New Testament believer. If you go to Matthew chapter 6, I'm going to pull this up in the New King James. In Matthew chapter 6, there are three duties of every believer. These are elementary foundational duties uh, of every believer in the New Testament. And it's praying, giving, and fasting. It's all there in Matthew 6, 
from from verse 1, you go all the way down here into verse 18, all the way down to 18. Verse Again, Matthew 6, 1, all the way through 18. Look what it says here, and I've highlighted these so that we don't have to read all of these for sake of time. The Bible says, when you do a charitable deed, or when you give, don't be like the hypocrites and give to be seen by men, but give in secret that your father who's in secret may see in secret and reward you openly. Notice he didn't say if you give, he says when you give. Okay, number two, this is the same principle applied to praying. In verse five, it says not if you pray, it says when you pray. Meaning every believer is expected to be praying, guys. We have to have a prayer life. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Oh, this is going to be real talk today, guys. This is not, we're not doing uh, updates and prophecy viewpoints today. We're not talking about headlines today. We are equipping the body of Christ today. And I'm telling you, when it comes to the area of these three things, fasting, praying, and giving, I'm telling you, the enemy will attack all he can because he knows that if you, if you can pass this test, if you can have faith in these three areas and believing God uh, for breakthrough in these areas and and being committed to God, being faithful and obedient in your in your prayer life, in your giving and in fasting, I'm telling you, you are going to be an unstoppable force in the kingdom of hell. But it's amazing how when you start giving. When you start giving to the Lord, the enemy will immediately come and attack you in the area of giving. He will try to sow seeds of doubt. He will try to bring circumstances will arise. Uh, you know, appliances will break down that never broke down. They've been good for 10 years, 20 years, or you'll buy a brand new appliance and it'll break down. You'll take it back to the mechanic or back to the shop or the, or the distributor or whoever you got it from. And they'll say, well, we've never seen this happen. This is only a, a year old product. It shouldn't be breaking down this soon. I'm telling you, you'll get three flat tires in one week. Everybody in your household will get sick and you'll have to pay out all kinds of medical bills. I'm telling you, everything that can happen to drain you financially will come against you when you step out in faith in the area of giving, because the enemy is trying to prevent you from making a covenant with God in the area of giving. The same can be said about praying. When you start making a commitment to to begin to spend time with God in prayer, I'm telling you, you better get ready for all the distractions and everything that can be thrown at you will be thrown at you. The phone will ring off the hook. Come on, your neighbor's dog will suddenly get hit by a car. Come on, the, the, the alarms, the smoke detectors start blowing up all over the house. Uh, the kids start going nuts and crazy. The dog starts going crazy. You suddenly, you've been, you've been good all week. You felt great. But then the day that you commit to praying, all of a sudden you got a massive migraine. You don't feel good. People showing up at your house that you didn't know unexpectedly showing them. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the enemy trying to keep you out of the prayer closet. Now, so that's in the area of giving. That's in the area of prayer. So what do you think is going to happen? Let me go back to Matthew 6. So he says, when you, when you give, when you pray, and then you go down here to verse 16. Moreover, when you fast. He didn't say if you fast. He says when you fast. 
Do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to be to men to be fasting. Now, surely I say unto you, they have their reward. But look what he says here. But you and I, when we fast, not if we fast, but when we fast, we anoint our head. Come on, get you some oil, get you some anointing oil, anoint your head, wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but your father who sees in secret rewards you openly. Now you say, well, hold on, stop, Brother Ricky. I thought this was, I thought our fasting was supposed to be in private, but we're announcing it. Because again, we're, we don't have time to deal with this today. We'll talk about this tomorrow. There's a difference between private fasting and corporate fasting. I'm going to show you in the Bible, there are private fasts and there are corporate fasts. What we're talking about today and what we're about to embark into is a corporate fast. And listen, in regards to everyone that's watching and listening, but to the world, you don't need to go to your restaurant or you don't need to go out to Walmart. You don't need to go out and broadcast that you're doing a corporate fast to them. You're doing it in secret to them. You don't, they don't need to know that only your heavenly father knows that. I hope you understand that. So we're going to, we're going to deal with that tomorrow, but watch this. If the enemy is going to try to derail you and pull you and and discourage you from giving and <clears throat> and from praying what makes you think he's not going to do it when you start making a commitment to fast i'm telling you i've seen it all we will make every excuse in the book not to fast it's too cold it's too hot it's my birthday there's a celebration there's a party here there's a gathering here there's an there's a uh, a corporate a breakfast i've got to go to a corporate dinner my boss wants to take me out to dinner it's my wife and i's anniversary i've got a headache i don't feel good i'm sick i got this i got that come on the enemy will throw everything he can at you and I'm going to tell you something. He knows what buttons to push and what bait to use to pull you away from what God has entrusted you with and what God desires you to be committed to. All right, go over here with me to Matthew chapter 9. Look at this. And then the disciples of John came to him saying, quote, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? This is the... Again, these are the disciples of John who comes to John in private. Again, these are the disciples of John and they come to Jesus saying, how come we and the Pharisees often fast, but your disciples do not fast? Now look at what Jesus uh, said here. And Jesus said unto them, verse 15 of Matthew 9, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. Somebody say, and then they will fast. Well, friend, the bridegroom has been taken away. Jesus Christ is the bridegroom and he is now, he, he ascended unto heaven, Acts 1, and he is currently seated at the right hand of the father. So the bridegroom has been taken away. And Jesus said the day would come when the bridegroom would no longer be with the bride. And when that day comes, then they will fast. Not that they should fast or they might fast. He said, then they will fast. So I want to point that out here. Nowhere did Jesus, Jesus did not condemn, nor did he neglect the fact that the disciples of John and the Pharisees had a lifestyle of fasting. 
He didn't, he didn't condemn that. He didn't say it was legalistic or it was ritualistic or it was quote unquote, I'm going to use a term the church likes to use. It was legalistic. He didn't, he didn't say that. He simply clarified to the disciples of John who came to him. And he says, once I am taken from the bride, then the disciples, that's you, me, the apostles, all of us who are in Christ, then we will fast. Friend, I, again, I'm going to tell you all through the new, if you go to the New Testament, even the Old Testament, but look, well, let's just use the New Testament uh, just for sake of, uh, since we're right here in the New Testament, I'm going to give you a couple examples of how in the New Testament we saw fasting as a staple there. Jesus himself set the bar and he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And the Bible says he did nothing but drink water only and fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And it says he entered into Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. Then we see in Luke chapter two, we see a woman by the name of Anna, who was a prophetess. And your Bible says she was a widow of 84 years of age. She was always in the temple. And in verse 37, it says she served God with fastings and prayers night and day. So she had a lifestyle. Here's an 86 year old woman, or excuse me, 84 years of age. 84 years old, 84 year old woman who had a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. You go to Acts chapter 10, you've got Cornelius. The Bible says that he had a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. In fact, he was fasting when an angel of the Lord appeared unto him to give him the words of eternal life, which would be from Peter. That leads me to the next part. Peter is on the housetop of Joppa and he's praying and fasting. And the Lord speaks to him to go to the household of Cornelius to deliver a message to him. You go to Acts 13. The apostle Paul is stuck in the middle of a catastrophic storm and he calls for a fast he calls for a corporate fast and the and god honors it and sends an angel of the lord in the midst of the night in the midst of the storm to tell the apostle paul that they're gonna if he instructed him what to do and they would come out on the other side even though they'd come in on broken pieces come on somebody they would still come out on the other side you go to acts chapter 14 the Bible says that the apostles prayed with fasting because they needed direction. They needed clarification. And you can see it here. You see, guys, all through the New Testament, you see this. So number one, the Bible tells us that we should have a lifestyle of fasting. Number two, all right, I got to get through these. We're spending a lot of time on these. So that was a big opener there. So we're going to go through a little bit faster on these other, uh, these other 10. Number two, come on, write this down. Ready? There are some things that only fasting will bring the answer to prayer. Okay. One of them ready for this. And this is number two. Fasting breaks the power of demonic spirits. Let me say that again. Fasting breaks the power of of demonic spirits. All right, let's go to, let's see, this is Matthew chapter 17. We're going to go down here to verse 14. Look at this. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to Christ, kneeling down to him saying, Lord, have mercy on my son 
Now, I want you to really pay attention to this description of this boy. He is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and falls into the water. So again, he this boy, by all medical terms, is quote-unquote epileptic. He suffers greatly, and as a result of this, it throws him into the fire and throws him into the water often. Verse 16, so I brought him to your disciples. Look at this, but they could not cure him. Wow, okay. Now look what verse 17 says. And then Jesus Jesus answered and said, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. Verse 18, and Jesus rebuked the demon. Stop. Whoa, wait a minute. I thought he had epilepsy. Well, that's what he was an epileptic. But watch this. Jesus understood by come on by discerning of spirits that this boy did not just have a neurological disorder, but it was influenced by a demon. I'm not saying that every epileptic out there or every neurological disorder like bipolarism and all this is a result of demonic possession or a demon oppressing them. But I'm not saying that many aren't either. In this case, this is why you got to have wisdom. You got to have discernment. You got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. But in this case, it was. Now watch this. Don't miss this. Jesus rebuked the demon and it, and it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very very hour. Now look how the disciples reacted here, folks. Verse 19 the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why can we not cast it out? Referring to the demon. Why could we not cast it out? Look at the response of Christ. Verse 20. So Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. For surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing shall be impossible for you. Verse 21, however, this kind, what kind? Demon oppression, demon possession. This kind does not go out except, look at this, by prayer and what? Fasting. So listen, I want to tell you today. There, I, I'm not saying there's a devil behind every doorknob. Listen, there's whole groups of people out there that try to put a demon behind everything. I'm, t- I'm literally everything is demonized. Everything is a demon. I, and I've said you've heard me say this before. If you go into the New Testament, you listen to the New Testament writers. They will tell you it, when you put the whole picture together. And Paul had most of the letters in the New Testament. You will discover that most of the time it is not a demon, but it's our own carnal nature. But again, we're not we're we're not undermining or uh, saying that there is no such thing as demon possession or demon oppression or demonization that demons can't influence people. There's no, cause we, we acknowledge and we recognize there is what's called a spirit of infirmity. There's a deaf and dumb spirit. There's an unclean spirit. There's evil spirits. The Bible makes that clear. Okay. So here's what I want to tell you. 
there may be some of you out there or listening or watching or there's people in your family. They've had infirmities. They've had afflictions. They've had sicknesses. They've had diseases. They've had ailments. They've had mystery things in their flesh, in their body. They've been to doctors. They've been to nurses. They've been to medical clinics. They've been to specialists. They've had x-rays, ultrasounds, MRIs, CT scans, blood work, and they can find nothing. There's no underlying cause. There's no explanation. Then, friends, at that point, it's time to begin to... uh, there's a time at that point that we have to begin to entertain the fact that this could be the result of a demon. And I'm, I'm here to tell you that prayer and fasting can break the power of demonic spirits and demonic oppression off people's lives. Even the demons that cause physical health ailments and infirmities. Listen, oh, I don't have time to preach this, but a lot of the old timers used to preach straight up. They used to believe and preach that all forms of cancer was a demonic spirit. I, I, listen, it would take me too long to get into that. And we, we're going to break down, guys, these categories and probably do a teaching on each and every one of these categories so we can dedicate an entire hour to just one of these categories. So we can't do that today. There's no way we will never get through this. So again, number two is, listen, fasting breaks the power of demonic spirits off of your life. Number three, number three, if you're taking notes, fasting unlocks mysteries and brings revelation of the will of God for our lives. Let me say that again. Fasting unlocks mysteries and brings revelation of the will of God for our lives. You go to the Old Testament, Daniel received visions from the Lord. He was troubled by these. He began to, he went on a 21 day prayer and fasting. He went, he he went in, he entered into 21 days of prayer and fasting. And, and through that, he received the answer to his prayer and he received the revelation of the vision in which he had. You go to Acts chapter 10. I just talked about that. You see two men Cornelius and Peter, both men fasting. Cornelius, his household was a Gentile household. You have uh, Peter who was fasting on the housetop of Joppa. God wanted to give a revelation to Cornelius that salvation was no longer under the law of Moses, but now it was through, come on, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So God sent an angel to Cornelius and he sent, come on, he sent a uh, an angel to Peter on the housetop of Joppa, d- gave Peter a divine vision. Remember the vision that came down? It was a sheep that came and uh, came down and had all these unclean animals. And the, and the Lord says, arise and eat. And Peter understood. He didn't talk about, he wasn't talking about physically eating. He was, the Lord, if you read it, Acts chapter 10, Peter got the revelation that God was not speaking about food. He was speaking about men and that God was speaking to Peter to, to, to share the gospel with Gentiles. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about there's some of you. Come on, there's some of us. We're all in this, guys. We need divine revelation, wisdom, and the will of God for our lives. There are some things that you're going to need, come on, to enter into fasting to get divine revelation on and wisdom in regards to decisions that we need to make. Listen, you might be in a relationship that 
you think is great and you don't see any harm in it. And then you enter into a time of prayer and fasting. And all of a sudden, it's like the light bulb goes off. It's like the Lord reveals to you. He shines a light on that relationship and he begins to reveal things to you that you may have not seen unless you went into prayer and fasting. You may be in a job and you enter into prayer, uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting and God unlocks another door for you and you don't know whether or not to step in that door or not, but God is revealing this to you through prayer and fasting. So again, number three, fasting unlocks mysteries brings wisdom and revelation of the will of God for our lives. Listen, the Bible says in the book of Ephesians, uh, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. All right, number four. Number four. Oh, this is a good one. Fasting improves your health and brings healing. Come on, fasting improves your health and brings healing. Listen, did you know that when animals get sick, when animals get sick, do you know what the first thing they do? If they really become sick, they begin to fast. They don't eat. They, it's almost like God put this switch in them, this mechanism in them. That this, uh, in, uh, they, they have this intuition that they know that if they begin to fast, then it promotes healing. Where did that come from? Again, God instilled this. Even animals understood this. Listen, fasting has been used therapeutically since at least the 5th century. The Greek physician Hippocrates recommended abstinence from food or drink for patients who exhibited certain types of illnesses. Hippocrates, excuse me, was also the one who said that, quote, let food be thy medicine. Don't you, you don't want me to get really, listen, I could really plow on pharmaceutical industry and how when you go to a doctor for a sickness or an ailment, they always want to throw pharmaceuticals at you. They want to throw medicines at you because, you, listen, I could preach a whole hour on this because, listen, the pharmaceutical industry and the medical industry want you, they don't want you sick enough to die, but they want you sick enough that you're a reoccurring patient. Come on. They don't want you fully well because then they lose your money. Oh, you didn't. I'm not saying every doctor's corrupt. Not every medical uh, uh, nurse or uh, physician is corrupt. But I'm telling you that industry, uh, there's a lot of corruption in it. And there's a lot of truth to what I just told you right there. So even Hippocrates understood this. He even lived a lifestyle of eating one meal a day because he, through all of his research, he concluded that a low caloric diet promoted longevity and health in patients versus uh, uh, diets that were heavy in in caloric count. So watch this. Now let me give you scripture. Isaiah 58. Now listen, Isaiah 58 is is a powerful passage of scripture. I call it the fasting chapter. We're going to do a whole segment on this. We, there's no, we can't do it today. We're going to do a whole segment on this. When you read this down and we break it down, uh, probably next week, I, I believe many of you guys are going to get a, just get really blessed by this if you've never seen this. But in Isaiah 58, verse 8, one of the, the, one of the powerful benefits of fasting, look what it says here in Isaiah 58, 8. It says, Then your light shall bring forth like the morning, and your healing shall spring forth speedily. Excuse me. Let me say that again. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. And again, so in other words, healing is in direct conjunction with fasting. Fasting promotes healing. Oh, come on. It rejuvenates your body. It 
uh, it, it, it purges your body, your physical body of, it detoxifies it. It pushes out the, uh, uh, a toxic, uh, chemicals that you put in it, all the sugars, all the additives, all the MSG, all the preservatives, all the stuff we eat when we eat these foods and we get in our system. When you go through a time of, of fasting, it begins, you begin to eliminate this stuff out of your body, which promotes healing. And again, guys, we're going to go back and visit this, and I'm going to give you some powerful testimonies of people that were sick with ailments, infirmities, diseases, and they went into a time of prayer and fasting, and God totally healed them. So we're, we're, again, we'll have to go back and we'll visit these, and we'll break down these each and every one of these. All right, number five, here it is. Number five, fasting increases our faith. Fasting increases our faith. Remember, in the verse of Matthew, where Jesus said when the disciples came to him for the young boy that had epilepsy and he was there was a devil cast out of him. Jesus, when they asked him, why could we not cast it out? The first thing he said was because of your unbelief. So he acknowledges here that there was unbelief that was clouding them and hindering them from being able to set this young boy free. And again, it's in reference. He says, this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting. So again, he tells you here that what we just covered earlier, demonic possession and oppression and deliverance from demonic powers can come through prayer and fasting. But watch this, your unbelief, you want to destroy unbelief. You know what the quickest way to destroy unbelief is start fasting. I'm telling you, something happens supernaturally. You may have unbelief in an area, but when you start fasting, it's almost like you begin to flex that muscle of faith. Remember the man that come to Jesus and he said, Lord, increase my faith. So you begin to hear you again, you humble yourselves in prayer and fasting and God will begin to increase your faith in these areas to believe God for great things. All right. Number six. We're, we're pretty much halfway there, guys. Number six, ready? Write this one down. Number six, fasting brings deliverance. Let me say that again. Fasting brings deliverance. Let's go back to Isaiah 58. All right, Isaiah 58. Remember, we called this the fasting chapter. Let's go to look at verse six. Isaiah 58, six. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? Look at this to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens and to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke. Listen, every one of you guys who struggle with some type of substance addiction, smoking, drinking, drugs, I'm talking about recreational, illegal uh, imp, uh, d- things of the flesh, impulses of the flesh. Remember we talked about at the beginning of this. We're talking about sexual immorality, all forms of sexual immorality. You deal with pride. You deal with anything that you need and you know in your heart that you need deliverance of it. Listen, there are some things that counseling can't counsel out of you. There's some things that rehab can't rehabilitate out of. There is some, listen, there's some things an app can't take care of. There's some things that you, that's going to 
to take more than just praying through, laying on hands, anointing with oil. I'm telling you, there are some things that you're going to have to put before the Lord in fasting. And Isaiah says, this is the fast in which I've chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, undo heavy burdens and oppression be set free and that you break every yoke. Come on. Is there anybody listening to me today that you need some yokes broke off of you? Listen, you're not a bad person. You love God with all of your heart. You go to church. You serve church. You serve in your local body. You love reading the word. You love prayer. You love worship. You love helping people, praying for people. But come on, behind closed doors, when nobody's looking, you are dealing with something that you're yoked with. Uh, again, you, it's, you, you love God, but you hate your smoking habit, but you can't let it go because it's a fleshly indulgence and you're bound by it. Uh, the bonds of wickedness have you wrapped in it. You're burdened down. You're oppressed with this. You're yoked with this. Or again, whatever that addiction looks like, I'm telling you, you enter into prayer and fasting, begin to believe God, put it down on your prayer list and and watch God break the bonds of wickedness, undo the heavy burdens, bust and break the bonds of wickedness and set the oppressed free and every yoke be broken. Hallelujah. That brings me to number seven. Number seven, fasting brings our flesh into submission to the will of God. Fasting brings our flesh into the submission to the will of God. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the lust of the flesh, or excuse me, for the flesh lust against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things you wish. Friends, again, the best, the quickest way and the easiest way to, to walk in the spirit of God is through a time of prayer and fasting because you're crucifying and putting to death your flesh. Therefore, it's, it makes it much easier, come on, to walk in the submission into the, of the spirit of God and the will of God for your life. Listen, I, I could really get, dig into uh, and really plow into you Listen, when the children of Israel lusted after food, they wanted meat. They wanted the quail. They were given the manna, but it wasn't good enough. So they wanted the quail. Your Bible says that God got so fed up with them constantly crying for the meat. Give us meat. Give us meat. Give us meat. That he sent so much quail that your Bible says that while their mouths were full of quail, he sent judgment upon them. So their bellies were full and it cost them. Come on, something. David should have been in battle with all the other men of Israel. He should have been on the battlefield, but instead he stayed home. Come on, with a full belly. And he fell into, not only did he fall into lust, but he fell into full-blown adultery and it ended up murdering someone, impregnating a woman out of marriage and it caused a whole mess. Listen, our love for food can get us in a lot of trouble because it clouds, listen, it clouds our perception, it clouds our discernment, it clouds wisdom, it clouds our vision and it, 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 it clouds us understanding the full will of God for our lives. All right, number eight. Number eight, if you're taking notes, fasting gives us clarification and direction for our lives. Number eight, fasting gives us clarification and direction for our lives. Look at this, John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he 
talking about the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Listen, I got people, I've got people, let me tell you two quick stories real quick. My cousin and her husband, both, they went through a time where they needed an answer from God. My cousin was praying about a church, trying to find a church home where she lived. And she became so distraught and so discouraged that she couldn't find a home church. So she began to go into a time of prayer and fasting and begin to just seek the Lord on where she would find a church that she could be part of. So to make a long story short, in, in during this time of prayer and fasting, she received a dream from the Lord. And in the dream, it was so it was so precise, so detailed that she talks about how she pulled up to uh, she pulled up to a place, pulled up to a church. She never saw the church before. She walked up to the church, opened the doors open to the church. She walked in. Here comes a man who would be the pastor. He names his name. He says, hello, I'm so-and-so, and welcome to such-and-such church. He hands her a flyer. She looks at the flyer, and on the flyer, it's got the name of the church and the pastor's name. She wakes up from the dream. She goes to her husband and says, have you ever heard of this church or this pastor? And he says, yes. He said, I know exactly where that church is. That church is right down the road from us. And she said, are you serious? So they, the next Sunday, they went, walked into the church. He came up to her just like the dream, introduced himself and his name. What He was the very pastor that she saw in the dream. And she was at the very church that she saw in a dream. What am I talking about? God was gave her a specific answer to prayer and it came through prayer and fasting. Now, let me talk about her husband. Her husband was in a transition of jobs and he was praying and he knew that if he began to fast and pray that God would answer, he he was expecting God to answer him and show him where he was to go because he was faced with a dilemma. He would either move to Ohio and work there at this, um, uh, and I, I, I guess I can say this, it was at a Ford Motor Company. He worked for Ford Motor Company and they had a plant in Ohio and they had a plant in Kentucky and he, he didn't know what to do. He said, Lord, do I move to Ohio? Do I move to Kentucky? I want to make the right decision. So he was, he wrestled with this and wrestled with this. So he entered into a time of prayer and fasting and he said one night he laid himself down. This is in the middle of the, of the fast. He laid his head down. He drifted off to what he thought was asleep. But then he said, all of a sudden, it was almost like he was lifted up out of his bed. Now, listen, I don't care if you believe this or not. It don't really matter to me because I'm going to teach and preach it anyway. And I, the, the guy has no reason to make it up. He's a ve- they're, they're a very godly couple. I, they're my family. I know them. So anyway, he in the dream, he said he was lifted up out of his house. He went above his roof went up into the stars and it's like almost like he by like a he said he couldn't even explain it but like he was moved with an extraordinary extraordinary amount of speed it's like god took him and he was hovering over a city and he was looking down at the city and he recognized that he was hovering over the city of Louisville, Kentucky, because he recognized certain um, uh, certain buildings and certain structures, and he under- he recognized Ohio Bridge, and he recognized that place in Louisville, Kentucky, and where he was at. So he knew, and then it's like he, by the time he 
like the moment he said, the moment I recognized and realized where I was at, he's like, I opened my eyes and I was back in my bed and I lifted up my eyes. He said, I began to weep because I knew that the Lord had spoken to me that I was to stay in Louisville, Kentucky and work at that plant. What am I talking about today, church? I'm talking about, listen, some of you need that kind of clarification and direction. And listen, all of these sensationists and these dried up, dead, plucked up from the uh, from the roots twice dead preachers and teachers are trying to have tried to convince you that God no longer speaks through dreams. He don't speak through visions. He doesn't do the supernatural anymore. But I'm telling you, if you'll step out in faith during this time of 21 days of prayer and fasting, if you need clarification, you need direction, you need this divine revelation from the Lord. Come on, step out in faith and begin to believe for it and watch God move on your behalf. All right. Number nine. Fasting breaks generational curses off your family. Fasting breaks generational curses off your family. Listen, one of the things that fasting does, according to Isaiah 58, verse 12, listen what it says, those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. I love this next part. And you shall be called the repairer of the breach the restorer of streets to dwell in. In other words, listen, God can use you. Come on, to repair years of destruction in your household, your family, your marriage, your children, your finances, and whatever the enemy has come in to kill, steal, and destroy. Oh, let me let me make this a little bit easier in simplicity for you. Some of you, you in your family, going four generations... You have a history in your family of divorce, sicknesses, diseases, poverty, drunkenness, drug addictions, sexual addictions, mental illnesses. All this stuff has wreaked havoc from one generation to another generation to another generation. Listen, aren't you tired of the enemy coming in, killing, stealing, and destroying one generation after another after a generation through all this mess? Uh, Listen, In my own family, I saw alcohol destroy lives and I made a point. I did Come on. It stops right here from this day forward. I I began. Listen, I went into a time of prayer and fasting and God showed me this in Revelation and this revelation in Isaiah 58. And the Lord showed me that I can be a repairer of the breach. Come on. I can repair what the enemy has put a crack in. Some of you, you have a crack in your foundation of your home and the enemy is stepped in. He's, he's able to come in and he's brought in all these destructions into your home. But honey, it's time for you to get, if you'll get serious with God and enter to a time of prayer and fasting, you can watch God men. He can repair. He can reconcile. He can restore. Oh, come on. I feel the, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Come on. Your marriage is not going to end in Jesus name. Your family is not going to be devastated, divided, and destroyed in Jesus' name. You will not succumb to that illness. You will not succumb to that cancer. You will not succumb to that infirmity. Your ministry is not finished in Jesus' name. You shall be a repairer of the breach, and God can do it through time of prayer and fasting. All right, number 10. Number 10. Come on. God can break sexual addiction off of your life. Through prayer and fasting. Now, why did I highlight this? Because again, it is no, it's, it's not any, 
mystery, guys, that sexual addiction is one of the strongest addictions in the whole body of Christ. Sexually, again, I don't want to, I could pull up statistics and surveys and, and polls and all this stuff and show you how all these people in the body of Christ have been succumbed to this. Even pastors, even leaders, even shepherds. You see all these scandals come out. You see all the falls. You see the failures. You see all this stuff. And it's always centered around this stuff. But I'm telling you, uh, God can set you free through time of prayer and fasting. Listen, in Judges 19, 20, there was sexual sin that had gained a stronghold over the tribe of Benjamin. But when God spoke to the armies, he spoke to them. He said, I want you to enter into prayer and fasting. So they entered into a time of corporate prayer and fasting because there was a sin of sodomy that had taken over the tribe of Benjamin. And when they entered into a time of prayer and fasting, God gave them the victory. Listen, some of you, you may have you may have this perverse sin that is rampant in your family. It may not be on you, but it may be on your children. It may be in your and your spouse. It may be in your family members, whatever the case would be. Come on, begin to step out and believe God will break that stronghold off their life. Now, finally, number 11, number 11, and we're done, guys. God can prosper you and break poverty off of your life through prayer and fasting. Now, let's go over here to Isaiah 58. Now, look, before I show you this, I just felt led. Uh, listen, I, I want our moderators here in the chat group. If you're coming in here, guys, and you have no desire to fast and you want to come in here and you want to criticize it and you want to just throw, come on, cold water on somebody's faith and you want to diminish their faith. Listen, I don't I, I give the moderators full permission to just to, to remove them from the chat. If you have to ban them, whatever you got, because we're not going to allow that nonsense to take place because. Because, listen, we're coming together. Some of you guys, this is a life and death issue. This is literally a life-changing matter. And we don't need someone coming along and throwing, come on, a wet blanket on somebody's fire to put them out. Don't tell me fasting and prayer don't work because I'm a very product of that. I don't have time to share that today. We're going to share that later. But some of the greatest miracles in my life has come through prayer and fasting. So don't tell me that, that God don't honor it. Okay, just because you don't believe it or you don't have faith for it or your church don't teach it doesn't mean it's not biblical. Now, let me go back to this. Isaiah 58, 12. Look at this. Those from, or excuse me, 11, Isaiah 58, 11, The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. Come on, there's more healing there. You shall be like a what? Watered garden. And like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Now look, for you guys who know your Bible, you know what this sounds a lot like? Psalms chapter 1. David wrote and says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sit in the path of the sinners. He doesn't sit in the city of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in the law he meditates day and night. Look what it says in verse 3. Tell me this doesn't sound like Isaiah fifty-eight eleven. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And for you guys that are against prosperity, and whatever he does shall prosper. It clearly says that here. Look at this, Psalms 35. 
Look what it says here in verse 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad. It's right here in your Bible. Who favor my righteous cause and let them say continually. Look at this. Let the Lord be magnified. The Lord who has what? Pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. So don't tell me God don't want you to prosper. Third John 2. Beloved, above all things, above all things, I wish that thou may prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. Listen, we're not against pros- prosperity of the servants of the Lord is biblical, but but hyper prosperity is not. Now, what do I mean by hyper prosperity? I'm talking about the nonsense that they teach and preach on Christian television where they... Uh, where they they try to convince you that you can sow a seed for your miracle or sow a seed for the healing of God. Or if you sow X amount of seed, then the favor of God will come on you. No, that stuff is nonsense and it's not biblical. Listen, healing was purchased through the stripes of Christ on the cross and through the blood that was shed. Come on, you don't need to pay anything for it. It was a free gift and it was in the package of salvation. Come on, that was given to us through Calvary. I don't need... Come on, any preacher that tells you to write a check so that you can get your healing is a false prophet, plain and simple. We're not talking about that here, but I'm telling you, listen, God can bring you out of poverty and bless you. Now, listen, I'm not talking about uh, a private jet and and a Rolls Royce and a Mercedes, you know, and all this stuff. I'm not against, listen, we're not against the prosperity of people as far as having nice things, but listen, that cannot be your motivation if, if God blesses you like that and prospers you like that listen it's only for one reason and it's likely because he can entrust you with what is little and he has entrusted you to make you ruler over what is much oh can i give you a revelation here for many people the reason why god won't give you much because he can't entrust you with what is little oh that come on that's wisdom right there let me say that again for many people they they can't they they don't understand why god won't prosper them with much is because they god can't even trust you with what is little you, every time God blesses you, you won't bless the people in return. You won't help the poor. You won't help the needy. You won't help, help the widow. You won't help the orphans. Come on. You just come on. It's all about me. You just keep it for yourself. So listen, I have learned in 23 years of serving the Lord that anytime God prospers, prospers me, it's for the purpose that I may have an abundance so that I could be a blessing to other individuals. So listen, for some of you, who are praying into 2024. God, give me a better job. God, increase my finances. God, promote me. God, bless me. Listen, there's nothing wrong with that. Don't let anybody shame you. Listen, we got to have balance in the body of Christ. I, 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 I cringe when I hear a preacher or a pastor and evangelist or whatever Try to diminish people's faith in the area of prospering and being blessed of God because it is Scripture. Again, we're not talking about excess to the point where you are bound by the love of money. That's not what we're talking about. And again, it's the love of money that is evil, not money in itself. Come on, Solomon said money talks. You, you, that wasn't ACDC that says that. ACDC didn't coin that. Money talks was from Solomon. Solomon said money answers everything. Do you know that? That's in the book of, that's in the book of Ecclesiastes, in case you was wondering. And Solomon was called one of the wisest men in the entire Bible. So I think he would have something to say about this. So again, let me say it again. Money in itself is not evil, but the love of money is. So we want to make that clear. So again, guys, these are 11 
reasons, and we could probably name more, but we're going to give you 11 reasons why God is calling every believer to fast. There's blessings in it. There's breakthroughs in it. There's provision in it. There's strongholds to be broken. There's deliverance. All this stuff is entailed in fasting and praying. So guys, I hope that this message has been a blessing today. I hope it stirs it up in you. I, that's what I want to do. That's my hope is it will just give you that fire and that passion and you get excited. Because listen, who gets excited about fasting? Nobody. And the reason why they don't get excited about fasting is because they're not taught this stuff. Listen, the more you know of the word of God and the more that you begin to see what is behind that door of prayer and fasting, it will, it will build an expectation in you so that when you go into a time of prayer and fasting, you come with expectancy. Lord, I thank you that, Lord, I'm coming with baggage and oppression, but when I come through the other side of this time of prayer and fasting, I'm going to be oppressed. The bonds are going to be broken and they're going to be loosed and the yoke is going to be broken. Lord, I thank you that I'm going to come in one way and be blessed the other way. Lord, I thank you that, that that infirmity is leaving, that sickness is leaving, that oppression's leaving, that prodigal son and daughter's coming back. My husband's going to get saved. My wife is going to get saved. Come on, all this stuff, you come with expectancy. So listen, endtimeheadlines.org, endtimeheadlines.com, guys. Please, again, don't forget to download our free app available on Apple and Android devices. Hit yes to post notification, and you're going to be good to go with that. Okay, so we're getting ready to pray for you guys. Again, we do not start the official first day until Monday, January 1st. We're going to kick off 2024 and we're going to do it right with the first fruits of our increase to the Lord through prayer and fasting. We're going to give the first fruits of the year. The first fruits of our year, we're going to give to the Lord and a time of prayer and fasting. So again, I know there's many questions that I didn't answer and clarify today. Come back. We're going to come on here tomorrow. Friday, December 29th, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. We're going to go through these questions and we're going to answer these to the best of our ability. So if you have a question, guys, uh, ask me down here in the chat and, and, and probably we're probably going to cover that. But just in case I don't want to miss anything, put it in there. Ask that question in the chat. Uh, we're going to, and we're going to cover all these bases again, guys. If this ministry is a blessing to you, it equips you, it edifies you. You would like to become a monthly partner. You can pray about that and just be obedient to the Lord, whatever the Lord would have you to do. You can give electronically through the app. That's the easiest way where it says donate, or you can give by check or money order right there on your screen. End time headlines, PO box 1391. That's Monroe, Georgia, three zero six. So guys, let me pray for you guys. Some of you are watching and you've been on the fence, but now after today's message, after these 11 points have been made, you now are excited about this. And you say, you know what? I'm going to get involved, but I really don't know how to do that. Again, you got to come back tomorrow. We're going to, we're going to cover these things, but we want to pray all even now before we even get, I know we're, we're several days out before we start. We're like four days away, but we're going to prepare you already. And I want to give you some words of wisdom before we pray. If you are going to embark into this time of prayer and fasting it would be advisable to you if you plan on fasting sugar drinks, you need to go ahead and start weaning off caffeine, start weaning off. You need to start weaning off of things that your body's going to end up detoxing because if you don't, you're going to get hit with some really bad headaches. Trust me, you will. 
Have you ever tried to listen? Have you ever tried to stop drinking coffee or, or I should say caffeine, cold turkey? I'm telling you, within eight hours, it will feel like somebody hits you up beside your head with a sledgehammer because you, your body becomes addicted to these substances, sugar and caffeine. So, again, it's very advisable to do that. So I know we're four days out, but I want to go ahead and pray today to strengthen you and encourage you to prepare your heart now before Monday comes. Come on, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I've delivered these 11 points to the best of my knowledge. And Lord, I, to, to what I've seen in your scripture, Lord, I've seen and I've experienced firsthand that these blessings come with a consecrated time of prayer and fasting, whether privately or corporately. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you, you would prepare the hearts of the listeners and viewers of this word tonight, that you would already begin to prepare prepare them for the days ahead, that they would begin to condition and prepare their hearts already. They would begin to take out their list. And we're going to cover this, Lord, uh, tomorrow uh, 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 more detailed. But Lord, that they would begin to compile a list of what they're believing God for, that what they're believing you for. And they'll begin to write down those things and they'll make those declarations and they'll begin to pray over those things. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that we're going to see a mighty time of prayer and fasting. And I believe with all my heart, people's going to get healed in their bodies. People are going to get set free. People are going to get delivered. People are going to get revelation. People are going to get wisdom. People are going to get direction. People are going to get clarity. People are going to get called. There's going to be gifts uh, uh, activated in Jesus' name. There's going to be breakthroughs, deliverances, restorations, marriage, reconciliations. All of these things are waiting on the other end and through this time of prayer and fasting. And Lord, we just want to thank you in advance for the promises of God that are yes and amen in him. Come on. And all God's people said amen and amen. Listen, guys, again, real quick, hit that like button, please. Hit that share button. Hit that bell notification. Get the word out. If you know anybody that is remotely interested in prayer and fasting, please tag them in this. Share this with them. Share the link. Get them involved in this series. We've got a lot of messages lined up over the next four to five weeks. So we're excited about this. And again, tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern, right here, same time, same place, same channel. We're going to come with a, another segment of this series, and uh, we're, going to, we're going to answer many of your questions on fasting and prayer. So until then, may the Lord bless you, keep you, and may his countenance shine upon you. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the End Time Headlines podcast. We pray that you've been blessed and equipped by today's message. For more information about how you can help partner with our ministry, please visit endtimeheadlines.org.